Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I am absolutely thrilled to have with us one of my best friends on the planet over the phone. She can't be here today, but Nadine Bond Myers. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you very much, Jen. It's, How are you this morning on? I'm absolutely great. It's really great to have you on the show. I know that uh, you're having some pain today, so I really do appreciate you taking your time to be with us today. Not a problem. Now, Nadine and I go back more than 35 years, if you can imagine, <laughs> which is kind of scary that we can say those numbers out loud. And for anyone who's listening that grew up in Sackville, you might remember Nadine as Dieter or Deanie working at the arcade in Downsview Mall. And Nadine and her family owned that for quite some time. And that is actually where I met Nadine way back in the early 80s, which is kind of crazy. Now, Nadine, when you and I met, you had a... a a disease that's called osteoporosis imperfecta, right? Osteogenesis imperfecta. Osteogenesis, okay. And can you explain to our audience what that means? It means that uh, my bones form normally, but they are very brittle. It is kind of like concrete with no rebar. Okay. So what that hap- what that means is that you can break your bones really easily. Very easily. I break the bones in my feet walking. If I hit somebody, I can break my arm and yeah, it's, I'm very fragile. Yes, and I can remember as teenagers and I would always say that I would look after you and if I wasn't there something would happen and we'd end up at the hospital. <laughs> that was usually true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now let's fast forward a little bit, Deanie. Now you have more than the osteogenesis imperfecta. You have some other ailments. Can you talk about those for a moment? Well, one of them is called an intermittent Cushing's, which uh, affects the cortisol in your body. My body is produces too much cortisol. So it's kind of like and, you're on high stress mode all the time. Yes, kind of thing. And it also causes like the redness. I have redness in my face constantly. And I have a nice chubby face and that's all from the Cushing's disease, yes. Okay. And and the other ailment I also have, which is the major one, in 2007, I was also diagnosed with MS. Multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis on top of everything else. <laughs> and I think you also have fibromyalgia, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, I do. I have fibromyalgia. There, it's just... I came to a point where I've stopped letting the doctors take my blood because every time I do, there's something else wrong. Oh. And uh, I also have like a hypothyroidism as well. Wow. So when you list those, that's a heck of a lot to have wrong with you for one person. Absolutely. It's a handful. 
Oh my golly. You know what, Nadine? I can't, honestly, I can't even imagine. And you are an inspiration to me every single day. And I'll probably cry, but yeah, we're going to end up crying. By the end of this. <laughs> but one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today is, you know, what keeps you going? Because you've had a lot of really hard diagnoses to deal with. And, yeah. you know, right now you're, you're not very mobile. Let's just say that. And, yeah, and what I'm does, not. what does, what does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot because once you lose your independence, it makes your life a lot more difficult and uh, you become more sheltered and, you know, just you can't socialize like you used to. I was a very social person, so, and too, I, you know, I was into a lot of organizations doing things, building playgrounds and whatever, so I'm unable to do any of that, but the thing that keeps me going is I guess, fortunately, I'm going to say that, that I was born with the osteogenesis imperfecta. So when I was three months old, my mother broke my first bone, putting me into a bunting bag. Oh, my golly. And then by the time I was a year and a half, I had fallen on my grandmother's floor and broke my hip. And so I was in a body cast from, like, you know, the, my chest to my toes. Wow, at a year and a half. At a year and a half. Oh my and golly! Then it just it just continued on from there. By the time I was three, I broke my ankle in a teeter totter. So I was on little baby crutches. They're so cute now that I think about them. <laughs> well, they'd be so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it just went on from there. And like I say, there was one instance uh, back in the seventies where. I was fishing with my brother and I got pissed off with him and I hit him and I ended up breaking my wrist. Oh my goodness. So, you know, and like I say, I can't tell you how many times I've broken the bones in my feet and and my toes are like dried spaghetti. They just break like you just got to hit them. Wow. And, uh, but, you know, um, it's something what kept me going is I wanted to live life. Right. I I just was happy to be alive, and I wanted to live life, and I tried to live my life as normal as possible. And you've done a really fabulous job with that. I mean, really, up until now, you've, you've pretty much done whatever the heck that you've wanted to do. I mean, not without some challenges and some difficulties, but it certainly hasn't slowed you down from, you know, doing the music tours and, you know, going to no. see these bands and stuff that you love. And I, I have to tell our audience that you are the biggest <laughs> music fan on the planet. And I'm completely convinced of that. <laughs> Everybody, Nadine absolutely loves music. And, and she has a few bands that she's really partial to that. I mean, tell us about some of the trips that you've taken. Oh, well, some of the trips we've taken, like we've gone to... San Antonio, Texas for concerts. We've gone to Las Vegas. We've gone all over the states, Canada, worldwide. I was living in Alberta for 15 years and that's a great spot for concerts because it has the population in order to uh, have the artists go there. And I've seen from like Van Halen with, with, uh, both David Lee Roth and Sammy Hager. I've seen Sam, uh, I can't tell you, I've seen hundreds of bands. 
it's just been so much music is music i have to say has been a big inspiration for me i can be feeling really low and whatever and the next thing you know i'll put on uh an album of some guy well my new guys basically and within minutes i'm moving my arms and you know wiggling your head and it changes your whole perspective you know that's a that is a great tip to for other people too because music definitely can impact your mood and absolutely it automatically lifts you up right yeah absolutely i can turn it on and like i say it's almost instant wow and uh that's yeah, like you say, the last couple of years, well, the last few years, I've been involved with a bridge, uh, band called Alter Bridge, and Miles Kennedy, the lead singer, he uh, just finished touring with Slash for three, four years as frontman for uh, Guns N' Roses. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we've kind of formed a very personal um, relationship. Um, I've met them, and actually, my screensaver is me with my guys. Ah. So yeah, my screensaver on my computer. So, like you say, they really and anytime I see them, they come over and play to me all night long. They, I've got every drumstick, <laughs> guitar picks. I can't tell you the stuff that I have from them. They're just a bunch of. There's four guys, and they're just the most wonderful people. They're really, really nice guys, and they've uh, they've taken a shine to you too. Absolutely, they have. I think they look for me. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, I mean, you've seen them how many yeah. times now? Oh gosh, uh, maybe ten, twelve times. You know, within Slash and Miles touring, and with Alter Bridge touring, and actually, my lead singer Miles Kennedy just put out a new his first solo album and so i actually have tickets to go see them in uh baltimore oriole in may in may wow that's that's coming up fast that's just around the corner it is so so that gives you something to look forward to absolutely and i mean there's a challenge too uh you know i've been in a wheelchair for a few years i basically live out of a bed and my husband carries me on the plane so we can go and I I can go and do these things. And you I know, have to, it, sorry, honey, I just have to give a shout out to Tom. Nadine's husband has, he's just a remarkable man. And I feel so lucky that Tom is in your life, Nadine. Like it's just, it's, you couldn't have anybody better to be by your side while you're going through all of this. Absolutely. I wouldn't have a life without him. Wow. But I feel like the lucky one, to be honest. Oh, and that's so sweet, Tom. Like that's that's really great to to hear. And I'm sure when uh, we'll have a chance to talk to you a little bit more about that too, when when we continue with our next session, um, Nadine. I have to ask you with your upcoming trip in May. Do you have what are your big concerns right now? Especially give you know given how you're in a pretty bad predicament right now. Well, it's uh, it's just really difficult. I'm uncomfortable, you know, very much. Like, you know, because where I go, I usually am on a plane for three, four hours. And by the end of it, it gets pretty tough. And the last time, um, February of last year, I went to Vegas and ended up breaking uh, a rib in a couple places uh, on the plane ride. 
so things I got roughed up a bit. But anyway, I ended up going to my concert and had a wonderful time. <laughs> That's fabulous. And God Absolutely. love you, Tom, for making sure that Deanie gets where she needs to go and looking after her. <laughs> yes, he does. Like you say, <laughs> I could never ask for anybody better. Do you have any concerns this time about going at all, Nadine? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, every time it gets tougher and my health now is failing quickly, unfortunately. And um, it comes to a point where there's nothing more I can do and there's nothing more doctors can do. The, uh, I, I, you know, I just worry about being able to get there. And as far as enjoying myself, I always, once, once the music starts, you forget everything anyway. So, you know, it's just a matter of getting there and getting back home. And you're living in the moment when you're there, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. 100%. You just, I forget everything. I just become completely consumed by the atmosphere and by my love of this singer, he, he, he's really quite something. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll hear more from Nadine, and we'll get some insight from Tom, her husband, as well. You're listening to Find Your Sparkle with Jen on CIOE 97.5 FM, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, and we're here with my friend Nadine Bond-Myers. Welcome back, Nadine. Thank you. Glad now, to be here. I'm really glad that you're here because I know, especially because you're in so much pain today. So I really do appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Oh, um, that's fine. For those who are listening, Nadine, what can you tell them about your ability to be able to keep a positive mental attitude? Because in spite of everything and throughout my whole life, and you and I have known each other for decades, as we've talked yeah. about already, <laughs> But you somehow manage to keep your beautiful smile and you keep your charm and your positive attitude. Now, I know many people are probably thinking, I don't know how in the heck she does it because I'm thinking that. So can you talk about what that means to you and how can you really stay positive in spite of everything? I'm not sure actually how I do it. I've just always done it. I, I've always just had a strong will to live and, uh, the pain I, psychologically is how you balance pain. Um, like all the opiates and stuff that the doctors want to throw at you and whatever. They're not beneficial at all. They only work for so long. Right. And then, you know, then you chance the opportunity of becoming an, you know, addicted to the opiate. Right. And, uh, but no, I think it's just my strong will to live. I, like I say, I had a lifetime of building into it. And I think it's always because I've always had pain. Right. Like, like my back went out on me while I was diagnosed with scoliosis at the age of 13. And then, um, like you say, my back went out on me for the first time at the age of 15. Wow. And, you know, and like, it just went on from there and the broken bones is as, as soon as, as soon as you get a cast on and you become familiar with your new pain of the fracture, you seem to be able to overcome it then because you've got the support of the gas. Right. And you can just go and do. <laughs> right. I mean, you know yourself, I could walk miles on crutches. Yeah. You know, and it, it, 
like I say, it's it's a positive attitude. It was quite awesome. I went, I was in when I was living in Alberta. I, I went into a pain management clinic and I went in there and he wanted me to get on the bed so he could examine me and it was a just a flat straight bed and I'm not shaped flat and straight anymore. So I told him I couldn't lay down and he just before he said anything, he said, "Just let me say something." He said. I get people in here constantly, every day. They've got one little thing wrong with them, and it's the end of the earth. And then he said, and then there's someone like you that walks in my office. You've got a smile on your face. You're not asking for anything. And those are the kind of remarks that make you feel good. Right. And then he wrote back to my family doctor about, you know, being a remarkable person. And that that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good when I go to the doctor and well, I don't know how you do it, Nadine, you know? Right. And, and that's the thing. No one really knows. And I mean, me, it's just positive attitude. And like you say, I wanted to live a normal life. I just wanted to be like everybody else. And I mean, until I was. Exactly. And I mean, you've never let anything hold you back. I mean, like you say, you've always, you've always done whatever it is that you want it to do without even Absolutely. considering all of that. Now, um, you've been on disability for a while because, and you were a nurse previously to yes. going on, on disability. So you're yes. well versed in a lot of the medical terminology that you've heard over these last, you know, decades, I guess. Yes. Um, but you've also had some frustrations with the medical system, both here and in Ontario, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, because it's disheartening, you know. I'm 53 years old, and I still go to see doctors that have no idea about osteogenesis and perfecta. Never mind and all the other stuff. Yeah, you know, and it... it, it it's, it is. It's so disheartening for me. I just, it breaks my heart every time I hear it because in this day and age, and it affects more people, there is a OI foundation. There's not a society, but foundation. It's all online. They're more, uh, advanced in Europe with my disease. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did a, well, I've been on bone builders for years for bone, bone density and, I did a Forteo program, it was called, for two years. You only do it once in a lifetime. But they had started that back in Europe, like 10 years before I was able to do it. Oh. You know, and it was just like going to see endocrinologists, because those are the doctors that deal with metabolic diseases. And what, and, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's okay. The doctors and that we were talking about. Yeah. And being uh, frustrated. I'm sorry, with them. Jen, man. That's okay. That's But nope. anyway, yeah, like I say, it, it's, it's just disheartening because, like I say, people need to know, you know, like even Hollywood has made an attempt at trying to show what my disease is. There was a movie about 25 years ago with Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis. It was called Unbreakable. And Samuel Jackson's character had a Y. Oh. Yeah. And for me, it's really hard to watch because when he's snapping bones, I know exactly what that feels like. And then also presently, there is a show on TV called The Middle. 
And the youngest boy on there, Brick, he suffers with osteogenesis imperfecta. Right. So that's bringing some more awareness to that as well. I hope so. You know, because me, myself, as soon as I've seen this kid, this show has been on for 10 years or more. As soon as I seen the kid, I, I said, you know, he's got, he's got something like I have. And sure enough, it is. And the problem with my disease, too, is there's so many types. Okay. You know, like they have like 10 types out there of what you have, and I still don't fit into any of them. They broke the mold, Danny. Yeah, they broke the mold on me. And like you say, it, it's, it, it's been a tough life, but, you know, you either make it, and you always always have to, too, consider because of my disease, I've spent a lot of time in the hospital. Right. And there's always somebody worse off than you are. And, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in our own pity party that we can't even see that. So that's one thing I can say about you is you you don't have a pity party. Even though no one would ever blame you for having a pity party, you don't do it. No. No, I mean, there's times, like, you know, when you're by yourself or whatever, you do feel a little sorry for you. But those times, that's when you turn the music on and, you know, and it just makes all the difference in the world. Well, you know, you just, you, turn just, around. you just said something that made a lot of sense to me with, you know, when that time happens, then you do something about it. You don't sit there and you, wallow. No, you have to get out of it at some point. And, you know, because, I mean, if not, you're going to give up. Right. You can never give up. And that's, that's a huge. Thing. That's huge. Yeah, um, you just can't. Now, I know that you've had some challenges with with the medical professions because they really, they don't know what to do for you. No, no, no. Uh, they really don't. And um, the last, I'd say, even 15 years, I've just taken over and taken care of myself. You know, I'm when you have something like I do, I'm very informative. I know what's wrong kind of thing. And I will diagnose. Like if, if I break a bone in my hand or my foot, I don't even go to the hospital anymore because you just know how to heal it. But the doctors, yeah, the doctors just don't know. And it's funny because when I was in Alberta, they have South African doctors. And every, well, I had two of them, two family doctors, and each one of them knew what I had. Oh. And knew, and knew what it was all about. And they were, they too were absolutely fascinated that I was still alive. I was supposed to pass away in my early 20s. Right. And that's the thing with most of the doctors that you see is that they're standing they there looking at you living and not knowing how. Exactly. I mean, I've had so many doctors say, well, I couldn't live with all what you have. Well, you're a doctor. You, you know, you have to, you, you know, that's the wrong thing to be saying. Exactly. You know, it's encouragement that a person like me needs to hear from a doctor. Absolutely. You know? Now and, and on that, it, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dini. Oh no. And, and, and too, like with only not only the medical profession, it's like even like your extended medicals. It's like uh, when I needed a lift chair. Right. It, it's considered a luxury. Oh, my Lord. So they won't cover any of it. That's sad. You know, and it is sad. There's so much There's so much that needs to be done. To There's not enough disabled people 
involved in the decision-making of the medical profession. That's a really good point, Nadine, a really good point, because that would make a huge difference, I think. Absolutely. They have no idea what it's like. I, I have to ask you a question, and Tom, if Tom, if you can hear, I'd like you have your input too. And it's a sensitive, it's a sen- very sensitive topic, but I know that I can ask you this: is yeah. I know that there are a couple of times, a couple of instances where you've gone to the specialist, and they have vocalized to you that there have been changes in the euthanasia laws in Canada, and mm. I want you to just to talk about how that made you feel. It's very disturbing, uh, especially when you've spent your life with the most beautiful person in the world, in my opinion. Uh-huh. I mean, it's over half of our lives we've been together, and we're not just in love. We're best buddies. Right. We're mates. We're so, but Soulmates, for it, sure. It, make, it makes you want to cry, though, when you hear that. It's, it's terrible. It is it, terrible. It, yeah, it is hard, but, I mean, it is reality. And with my with such a strong will to keep going, there is going to come a point where you can't overcome it. And I guess they're just making you aware of it, but it is disheartening. You know, I've heard it a few times over the last couple of years. Yeah. And you know, and here you are. You're you're trying to do everything just to live, and it is. But I mean, thank goodness. I mean, because. We've been kinder to our animals than we have been to human beings. Oh, it's true. You know, but it is disheartening hearing it because you don't want to hear it. No. Because you spend a whole night trying to overcome it. Exactly. And you're, you're, you want to live. Yeah. I I don't want, yeah, I want to live. I mean, you know, and, and because they don't know my disease, they don't know how to help me. Right. You know, because I mean, um, my disease also affects, like, my teeth and whatever. And, I mean, I've seen specialists about my teeth and whatever, and they don't know what to do with me. They're scared to death of me. Right. It's And the, it, and I guess it's easy to say that they should do their research, but I guess they don't know until they meet you. And hopefully you've inspired people, doctors included, to, after having met you, to go back and do some homework, to learn about, you know, some of these terrible things that impact you. And, you know, maybe some sensitivity training would be really good for some doctors as well. And, you know, it's... I had had an orthopedic surgeon from the time I was 16 until I was in my 30s, Dr. Gerald Reardon in Halifax. And he was one of the best guys about it because, you know, he's he's a... a teacher as well at Dow. So every time I was in his clinic, he would sit me on in a room and then tell the residents to come in and see and uh, ask and come up with what I was suffering from. Okay. And, wow. And the way you can tell what I have is because the white of my eye is blue. Right. Because uh, of the thin connective tissue. Oh. And all you have to do is look, and if you're a doctor, that's all you need to do is look at my eyes, and you know what I have. Right. Oh, my golly. And so when they didn't know, I mean, that was, they had to go back and learn about it. Exactly. And that's something that I think hopefully will continue. And I hate to cut you off, Nadine, but we're actually out of time. 
You betcha, Hannah. I appreciate being on your show. And Hopefully I was helpful. I, I really hope that you've inspired some people who are listening and, you know, even some empathy from people and, and maybe to go and to learn more about some different diseases and, you know, really think about how lucky we all are and not to take things for granted. We're never promised tomorrow, but thanks so much, Nadine and Tom for being here. I love you guys and love you too, baby. Thanks so, thanks so much. You're welcome. This is Jen signing off of find your sparkle with Jen on CIOE 97.5 FM and Special thanks to Hannah and Jim Francis for producing this episode of Find Your Sparkle. We'll see you next time.